With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. This is the main event! This is your main event, Mark's Podcast. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, cat dad, and the man who takes the nasty plunge every time I do the job. I am Troy. And with me, as always, is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He is the WCW watcher of classic wrestling and the Arn Anderson to my beautiful Bobby. It's Greg. What's up, Greg? I'm really sad. Uh, well, Arn Anderson, <laughs> it's weird to think about that. Not only is he possibly the greatest TV champion of all time, but he's also one of the greatest tag team wrestlers of all time because he's had multiple partners and all of them have been a success. He's one of them you don't really think about when you're like, oh, greatest tag team guys of all time. It's like, you got to throw Arn in there, right? Arn, Billy Gunn, Kofi. Yeah, right. Yeah, because uh, Arn was with Oli. He was with uh, Tully. And even he even had success here with Bobby Eaton. Well, then again, Paul Roma at one point, I believe. Oh, God. Did he team with Paul Roma? I believe so. Yeah. Well, that's one we don't talk about. So, <laughs> Or maybe that's the one we should talk about. Maybe I got it in reverse. He's the one. Paul effing Roma. Everybody wanted to be him. Speaking of which, I think we have a, uh, a story that mentions him. It's, the story's not about him, but it mentions him. Oh, goody. And, uh, Maybe yeah. some fun on this. Well, yeah, you got to get some Paul Roma mentions in. Like, what kind of podcast would it be without that? Everybody talks about their white whale of, you know, it's like, <laughs> man, if I could only interview such and such, you know. <laughs> Mine is Paul effing Roma. Like, ah, power and glory, the four horsemen. The job uh, guy from WB? <laughs> <laughs> didn't, didn't he team with Tom Zank for a bit in WCW? Or is it somebody else? Or no, it was a uh, Paul. It was him and uh, Orndorff, wasn't it? Pretty wonderful. It was WCW. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there you go. One of the great, another one. One of the. I think he teamed with Jim Powers too. Pa- was that Power? No, the, him and him and Hercules are Power and Glory, right? It was a young, it was a young Stallions, I think. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So yeah, another one, an, an unsung hero of the tag team world. My God, future. I I consider it a crime. You've already lost all our viewers this week, dude. Thanks, going. I consider it a a just a crime against nature itself that he has not been put into the WWE Hall of Fame yet. Oh, man, shut up. I mean, it's if they do end up selling to you know Universal or whatever, and and they make a physical Hall of Fame there in like Universal Studios, they're gonna have like a giant like bust of him that you walk in. Yes, that's the first thing you see. It's also. So it's, it's also going to have a sign above it that, like, uh, that says, Abandon all hope, ye who enter here. <laughs> <laughs> if you're there looking at Paul Rumus, you've already abandoned all hope. Yep. Yeah, the, then you've reached the dark side of wrestling internet. But anyway, uh, speaking of the dark side of wrestling, uh, we're going to be talking about Super Brawl Dose today. Uh, I don't know. It's it's not that bad, honestly. I mean, I, I didn't watch See, it. We've it was, said- We've watched worse. Oh, well, yeah. I I didn't watch this and instantly regret my decisions. I'll say that. So uh, there have been some shows where, like, in the middle of it, I'm like, my God, like, what did I get us into? This one wasn't that bad. So, uh, like you said, we've seen worse. We will watch worse. Uh, I mean, hey, just last week, sure, it was ECW, not WCW, but... Last week, we watched uh, ECW's yeah. cro- Crossing the Line 99. So, yeah, that one, uh, it was a thing. And if you want to watch what the WWF was doing that month, in the archives right now, we actually have uh, St. Valentine's Day Massacre. You guys can go back and check that out. Uh, not that that was, like, an amazing show, but it was a lot better than what ECW was offering up. I'll I'll say that. but. That's saying a lot, huh? Yeah, I mean, it's a low bar to walk over. Uh, I mean, uh, jump over. Uh, but, <laughs> ah, God. Anyway, but we do have some news and notes to cover this week, uh, quite a bit, actually. So we'll get into that here in a minute. Uh, but first, we're going to pause right quick to let you know that the main event, Marks, is sponsored by Swift Lifestyles. They're clean energy drinks and focus enhancers, great-tasting vitamins, and big brain nootropics that are made and shipped from the USA. Go to SwiftLifestyles.com and use our special promo code, Main Event Marks. That is all one word to get 15% off your order. It's Main Event Marks, all one word for 15% off your order. And now that we're done with that, we're going to take our first break here where we'll tell you about our merchandise and uh, Buy my stuff. Uh, our, our buddy, oh, our, our buddy uh, here on the uh, belly up sports podcast network. It's uh, here in Puckburg hosted by Kyle Sullivan, AKA Shaggy Von doom. Uh, we're not in. Well, actually, I don't know. You're, you're the NHL fan. Are we in hockey season? I don't pay attention. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I should, you're I in the heart know. of it. Cool. I should know it's cold outside, so duh. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, go check him out. And he's always got some good hockey takes, even though I, you know, I'm sure Greg loves the fact that he's an Avalanche fan. You know, that's just oh, yeah, that's we just, bond all the time over it. <laughs> right? Yeah, because uh, Greg doesn't make it. He's well also known. A he's, he's a Sharks fan. fan. Oh God, man! Yeah. All Colorado, eh? I mean, at least he's consistent. 
So there's that. But man, I'm, I'm sure you're just loving that. Broncos and that's worse avalanche. than the avalanche. Ugh, God. Yeah. Well. Either way, uh, he he's still got a fun hockey show over there. So go check him out here in Puckburg. Uh, we'll be talking about in the break. But on the other end of this, we're diving into news and notes. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Get ready to rumble in your new main event marks merchandise. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store Slash main event marks. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. By God, somebody's interrupting the main event, Marks. Sit down, JR. It's just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, your host of Here in Puckburg on the Hockey Podcast Network. I know, a hockey show on the main event, Marks. Who would have thought? This is an invasion angle. Somewhere between the Nexus and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. But I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg, he told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckburg, wherever you get your podcast, or on YouTube. In the meantime, Shagamania's got to go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, nevermore. Take your vitamins, say your prayers, and oh yeah! The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back! Just to let you know, the Main Event Marks is sponsored by Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy is a healthier alternative to traditional energy drinks. It gives the energy that gamers need while in a long session without skimping on their health. Their products come in a powder form to mix into your water. You can either choose the green apple or watermelon boxes. If you want to try both, you can get the sample kit. Use our link in the podcast description or simply go to shockedenergy.com. At checkout, use our promo code MAINEVENT, that's all one word, to save 10% off your order. That's promo code MAINEVENT to save 10% at checkout. Also, if you're tuning into a wrestling podcast to hear about wrestling and you want it gimmick and politic-free, you probably want the same out of your products. Are you ready to ditch the gimmick coffee? 
Coffee Brand Coffee is fresh roasted to order using only the highest quality coffee sourced direct from farms around the world. They've got bagged coffee as well as K-Cups. Not into coffee? Well, they've got great teas and cocos as well. At Coffee Brand Coffee, their head coffee roasters have mastered the art of unlocking flavors hidden inside their beans. Each batch is custom crafted and curated to accompany unique flavor profiles. Click on the link in the podcast description or go to coffeebrandcoffee.com and use our special promo code main event, all one word, at checkout to get 5% off your order. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com and use the promo code main event to save 5% at checkout. News and notes time here. This is actually my one of my favorite years in wrestling history, 1992. There was actually not for this event. Well, no. <laughs> but there was a lot of good stuff offered up uh, in this um, in this year from both companies. This show, because we did cover uh, Super Brawl 1 now in the archives. That one was in like May or something. This one was the first Super Brawl where it was in February, and then it just stayed in February from then on out. So uh, this is... I wonder is... why. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I have no idea. Well, that's what you were saying. You're like, well, I thought it was like, you know, supposed to be same time as Super Bowl. It's like, oddly enough, the first one was in May, like a couple months afterwards. Right. Uh, with the NBA and NHL finals. Yeah, right. Uh, this one makes sense being in February. It's like Super Brawl, Super Bowl. All right, whatever. And then they had their Battle Bowl in December. I don't know. They they weren't consistent with any damn thing they freaking did. I don't think anybody cares about Battle Bowl, do you? Trust me. How dare you? They had a guy that used to play on the Packers back in the 60s come on to talk about how awesome it was. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. No, in the archives. <laughs> <laughs> no, in the archives, by the way. Uh, I wonder how much they had to pay that guy. Hey, yeah, come on and uh, compare the Battle Bowl with... Uh, <laughs> yeah, compare the battle bowl with you know playing for uh, uh, playing for Lombardi back in you know the big time Super Bowl days. Like God. <sighs> anyway, WCW finally issued their own steroid policy, and Kip Fry is a lawyer, so you know that this is going to be good. And one interesting twist on the WWF policy. WCW has a deal where new contracts have a clause that offer a 10% bonus if the wrestler agrees to voluntarily undergo steroid tests on a regular basis and passes them all for a year. That's a good-ass deal, if you ask me, man. I mean... I'd say, yeah. The the testing is pretty much on a volunteer basis at this point. (laughs) What could go wrong there? Uh, (laughs) Nothing. And if you do test positive, you're offered appropriate medical counseling and rehab. I mean, that's pretty good. Uncle Dave thinks that uh, the 10% bonus will be more than enough motivation for a bunch of guys to give it up. But the problem is that 20% of the locker room is going to be a-holes who continue getting bigger because everyone else gets smaller. I, I mean, I can't say he would be wrong in that thinking. Like physically or just appearance or just like from the naked eye Uh, appearance wise. And I mean, LCW never really cared that much, though. And I don't think about like, oh, man, he's effing huge. Let's push him. Well, did they ever have anybody who was huge like that? 
I mean, there's like Luger and Sting was pretty big, but he wasn't like, oh my gosh, he's clearly on the juice. I mean, I, I mean, like big names too. Oh well, Luger wasn't big enough at the time yet. No. So I mean, they never really looked at Vince was clearly a body guy. I mean, it's all always been said. It's like he look at him. Well, like they said, that's why he wanted to push Kevin Nash so bad because they were they were like, well, he's just naturally effing huge. So, <laughs> like Vince was just salivating at that. So, I don't know, but I could see that. It's like, oh well, everybody else is off the roids, so I'll get on them, and maybe I'll get the big push. But like I said, WCW's never really been that kind of place, so I don't know. Uh, speaking of big, good-looking guys, though, Tom Zank is facing legal issues, pleading innocent to six charges of steroid possession, having toned down the Z-Man, having turned down a guilty plea in exchange for two years probation. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't think he ever went to jail. I could be wrong. Didn't he die of like a heart attack or something? I know he died fairly young. Uh, I gotta look it up now because I have. I have seriously gotten people like that that have messaged me. It's like, how did, how dare you say that he died from this cause and not that cause? Like, oh God, well, excuse the F out of me. I don't know. Wikipedia uh, told me. Zink died uh, in 2017. He was 59, so it wasn't like super young, but that's still too, too young. From, I can't even freaking pronounce this. Basically, the, uh, I see cardio, whatever. So, yeah, sounds like a heart issue. So, yeah, I don't know if it was a heart attack, but there you go. Some Something to do with his heart. Uh, 59. Damn. I know. I thought he died before 2017. That's, I mean, that's, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's bad or whatever that I was thinking that. But, yeah, it still effing sucks, man. He'd been out of the wrestling business for a long time at that point. Uh, speaking of guys that are passed away, uh, Terry Gordy and Steve Williams officially signed with WCW. What was the show we covered not too long ago where they were in a tag match wearing like kimonos or whatever the F? I don't know that one specifically, but I know they were on one of the Great American Bashes. Yeah, that might have been it. I don't remember if that one was the specific one, but yeah, they and they and they were talking about oh, it's the you know the the big Japanese team of these two country boys. Like, good lord! <laughs> Flash forward to you know like current day times, they talk about oh, the Japanese sensation AJ Styles from Gainesville, Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're again, they're not wrong. It's just it's hilarious to think about. It's like when I think of Japan, I don't exactly think of Gordy and Dr. Death. Even though they were big deals over there, they were, you know, mullet having big old country white boys. So, roll tide. <laughs> uh, WCW will present the Super Show 2 as a mini pay per view for $10. Uh, with announcers admitting that it was taped weeks earlier to explain why Lex Luger is champion. Oddly, New Japan's master tape omitted the Antonio Inoki versus Hiroshi Hase match, so it won't be part of the show. 
Uh, I think no one watched anyways. Yeah, I, I never heard of this. Obviously, the uh, Japan Super Show thing was a big enough deal where it made it into uh, one of the WWE 2K games. Or, it was in the last two years it was in the game. I know it was in two, a couple of years ago, but they put that, uh, that arena and that logo in the game. So I don't think it's on Peacock, though. Because I, I want to say that New Japan holds some rights to that show, so they don't put any of that on Peacock. You want to get a death grip on those rights? Yeah, right. Yeah, well, that was like um, that. I, I think that's why that show in uh, North Korea isn't on there because New Japan holds rights to it, and they just they if they have any partial rights to anything, they don't let anybody touch it. But then again, since WWE has partial rights to it. They can't put it on New Japan World. So literally, nobody makes money on it. Smart move. How do you make money on garbage? That's a decent match. I mean, well, I'll say this. For the sheer, like, curiosity, somebody would watch it. So, I mean, I would watch it just to see what the arena looked like. Because, I mean, they jam-packed that damn thing in North Korea. The Japan Super Show, I know nothing about other than I think Ric Flair took on uh, uh, Tatsumi Fujinami, but that was about it. Much more has come to light about the search and sniff raid on the WWF show in St. Louis. Although the hell? Although the DEA... Search and sniff. (laughs) What the hell? What does that mean? Sounds awfully perverted. Uh... Well, it's it was like basically a drug raid. They bring in the uh, the the canines and you know sniff around whatever. But like when I I hear search and sniff, it's like uh, mm, that's uh, sounds uh, kinky. Anyway, although the DEA is still denying any involvement, despite multiple reports of them being there, uh, it turns it turns out that Blackjack Lanza got the tip that before they showed up and made sure that everyone knew in advance, which resulted in a complete whiff on the part of the police. Uh, that, that always makes your department look, you know, competent when, when you're like, Man, we're going ra- to raid this place and we're going to find stuff. And then you go in and there's Jack Squat. Uh, good grief. But anyway, the WWF is claiming that it was for an unrelated arena employee and had nothing to do with the WWF at all. Wink, wink. This was seemingly confirmed by Basil DeVito, who holds the title of Vice President of Misleading Press Releases and Covering Up Embarrassing Situations. (laughs) Ah, Sounds accurate. An independent source from the arena talked to Alex Marvez in 1990 frickin' too, wow, uh, and said that the search was event-related and not anything to do with the arena. Also, the officer in charge introduced himself as DEA. The then officer in charge, Officer Bar Brady? What seems to be the problem here? He referred to him as the chicken lover when there are children around. You know, that's what Coordinate calls uh, Barbas, right? Yes. Officer Bar Brady. <laughs> if he shaved that little chin thing, he'd look like it. Uh, also, the off- uh, 
the officer in charge introduced himself as DEA. Then she charged her or changed her story the next day. So she said she was DEA and then said she's not DEA. Like, what the? Okay. So it's like both the. So it's like the department's embarrassed, so they're trying to cover it up. And then the WWF's trying to say, ah, no, it had nothing to do with us, so they're trying to cover it up. God, this is stupid. No. <sighs> but anyway, the WWF is currently in the midst of a really strong house show run, but they're about to get hit with a triple whammy of bad press, and Uncle Dave doesn't know uh, what that effect is or what effect it might have on business. Spoiler alert, bad. And we're not even at the Donahue show yet. <sighs> yeah, this is a, it's not, a, not a fun time for uh, Vince McMahon and the WWF. They had uh, the government... They, they had the government up their butt. With a uh, microscope. That, that old thing uh, from Tommy Boy. Well, I can get a good look at a steak by putting my head up a cow's ass, but I should take the <laughs> butcher's word for it. <sighs> anyway, uh, WWF's talking head, Steve Planamenta, did comment on the Real allegation. <laughs> did comment on the allegations from Barry Orton about homosexual advances in the workplace. It turns out that the specific incident in question took place before Orton or the alleged gay person were even working for the WWF. So Steve pretty much dismissed Orton's allegations as another guy trying to sell a book. <laughs> ah, go figure. Uh, Orton wants to stress that he thinks it's fine to be gay. Oh, well, I'm glad we get. Who is this? Barry Orton's uh, endorsement. <laughs> job guy from WWF. <laughs> uh, the the little known Orton, uh, no relation. <sighs> but anyway, uh, but to work hard and then have your push denied because you refuse to quote kneel before someone is just wrong. God. Uh, he details another story about the alleged perpetrator, but Uncle Dave omits the name. We can kind of all figure out after all these years who he's probably referring to. I'm lost. Uh, if anybody knows any uh, any of the uh, allegations against people who turned out to be gay in real life from the WWF, uh, there's one person in particular who always got the like the crap end of the stick from people, and he always got proven innocent. But, you know, he, his name always got brought up. Oh, when it's easy, yeah. you know, people are going to do it. Yep. Oh, he's gay. Therefore, I can claim that he uh, touched me inappropriately and I can get money out of it, I guess. You know, because working hard or, you know, getting over, that's too hard. The WWF is saying that Kerry Von Erich will be welcomed back following his completion of rehab. Meanwhile, Fritz Von Erich went on TV and claimed that Carrie is only addicted to painkillers from the motorcycle accident. But in fact, the drugs he tried. To How's that make it OK? Yeah, I don't know. Hey, I, I want you to know that he's only addicted to drugs because he had a bad accident. Well, I, I, I mean, that still is not good, I guess, to. 
I guess it makes it better than saying, well, he just randomly wandered into an alley and started shooting up or something. I don't know. I don't freaking know. <laughs> but uh, he said, and in fact, the drugs he tried to score with false prescriptions were Valium and Vicodin. Still bad, man. Why is uh, he saying it like this is okay? Oh, that's all it is. Look, it's he only had a false prescription, okay? Like, God. Uh, however, so despite, sensitive. despite Carrie's apparent willingness to attend rehab and show his good side, the DA is still pressing charges, which would mean 10 years in prison if convicted. Interestingly, Fritz also admitted that Carrie isn't successful or if Kerry isn't successful in his this rehab attempt, he should probably get out of wrestling for good. Uh, yeah. And sad to know what's coming. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to figure out when he... Okay, so he died in 1993. Basically, this is... I mean, his marriage went to pot around this time. Uh, he's got these charges going... Uh, he, he's looking at a possible decade if they like go with the harshest penalty. Uh, his, things are running out for him, man. And uh, he decided to just end it. Freaking sucks, but there you go. I mean, we kind of all know, you know, what way it went for him, unfortunately. Oh, God. But getting to another guy that I think he came through uh, Texas before was uh, although Hercules was fired from his WWF contract, he's still working shows on a nightly basis while he does a new deal elsewhere. Well, they fired him, but he's still working for them. Like what? Well, I think um, Tyler Breeze is in that thing right now. Who is it? Tyler Breeze. I think he was fired. He still works there. Really? Yeah. Oh, does I, I was he doing like NXT stuff? Or? I think he trains and he's on up, up, down, down all the time too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I knew he was. Uh, I knew about the up, up, down, down thing, but. Uh, well, you know, he could be like Dirty Dango and making that Impact money, man. Oh, good lord. <laughs> dirty Dango, who looks like he sits around and reminisces about the good old days of male stripping. Dirty dangos himself. <laughs> like uh, one of these days, he's going to be uh, like Danny DeVito's character on Friends. He's like, I could teach a class. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, uh, Shawn Michaels has added a new bit where they announce Shawn Michaels has left the building after his matches. I remember this. Uh, I don't think that lasted very long, did it? <laughs> a few months. A long, maybe. long time. Yeah. It's funny. Like, oh, he's Elvis now. Uh, speaking of uh, people from Memphis, uh, this is a God. Sad stories just keep rolling in on this podcast, man. This sucks. Legendary Memphis heel Chojo Yamamoto died on February 20th, apparently from suicide at the age of 64. He was suffering from severe kidney disease and wasn't dealing with it very well. Uh, yeah, I'd say if he killed himself. Like, I, I feel like that last line was like, didn't even need to be said. Uh, he wasn't dealing with it well. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
if anybody listens to Jim Cornette's podcast, he brings up Kojo Yamamoto quite a bit. Uh, apparently, he was a big time heel in Memphis, took on Lawler all the time. Uh, staying in Memphis, though, Coco Beware won the USWA title from Kamala in Memphis in a match where Kamala would have gotten to eat Frankie the Bird if he won. What the fuck? <laughs> Why is that a stipulation? If Kamala wins, he eats your effing pet. Like, god dang, man. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, not to be outdone, you know, years later, WWF did a deal where uh, they claimed that, uh, you know, Big Boss Man killed uh, Al Snow's pet and fed it to him. Ugh. Austin Idol drew two of the biggest houses for the territory in years, and now he's gone already. <laughs> Another one, if anybody listens to Jim Cornette's podcast, he talks about Austin Idol was in and out all the damn time. My favorite story about him that Cornette tells is uh, they always used to do these battle royals where, like, it was for money, you know, quote unquote, yeah. for money. And he he got one of those giant cartoon checks at the end of it. And it was obviously fake, but had a real signature and everything on it. And everybody in town knew knew the wrestlers or whatever. And he walked into the bank with this giant cartoon check and he cashed it. <laughs> And they're like, uh, oh, uh, well, do you have any like, ID or whatever? He's like, I'm Austin Idol, baby. So I just won the Battle Royal, right? And they're like, oh, yeah, we saw it. And he's like, all right, then give me my money. And he cashed the check and took the hell off out of town for a while. Oh, man. I would have. Yeah. I mean, if they're that effing stupid, it's still effed up. But like, good Lord. Speaking of effed up, the boxer versus wrestler match was announced for April 19th in Tokyo, featuring 40-year-old Roberto Duran taking on Mas- uh, Masakatsu Funaki, and no other fights are announced as of yet. I don't think this ever happened. Oh, man, how far has Roberto Duran fallen where he's like, yeah, I'll take a random wrestling match in Tokyo. Uh, had it, was it Sugar Ray who beat the piss out of him and he gave Probably. up in the middle of the fight? Yeah, I think that was the one. Oh, that was the no moth. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, I think that... Not, right, not the top of my head. It's sad. Cause, I mean, Roberto Duran was a damn good boxer, but everybody just remembers him. No mas, no mas, giving up in the middle of a fight against Sugar Ray Leonard. Well, that becomes your legacy when you do that. Yeah... Like, man, it's like a towel getting thrown in. That's you fly off saying, I can't do it anymore. Yep. Like, nope, done. End it. I'm tired of him beating the crap out of me. But Art Bar is already making trouble in Mexico as he sucker punched Blue Panther in the office, and the promoter had to break it up. Look, not to speak ill of the dead with Art Bar, but like, really, you're going to, like, Blue Panther was a fairly well-known guy down in Mexico, and that's, like, um, not quite to the equivalent of punching, like, The Rock, but, like, let's say, like, when DX was huge, you just walk up and punch the piss out of Triple H out of nowhere backstage. Like, 
Yeah, real smart. <laughs> I wonder why he didn't keep his job. That uh, that yeah, you know, that, that amazes me. Anyway, Uncle Dave is continually in awe of Canadian vampire Casanova, who is completely terrible in the ring, but cheered in everything he does by the Mexican crowds. Ah. Uh, I'm going to assume I'm going to do a quick search here. Vampire. Yeah, that is Vampiro <laughs> for anybody who doesn't know. Canadian Vampire Casanova. That That is a hell of a name, man. I don't know why it didn't stick personally. Canadian Casanova. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he's Canadian. He's a vampire. And he's good looking. I one more could you ask for? Good lord! Apparently, talent because I. Well, according to Uncle Dave, he sucked a high hard one back in '92. So, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Uh, but I did find out from a former, or, uh, an old friend of mine who used to watch Mexican wrestling all the time. He did say, as long as you're a good looking dude, the. Mexican women who show up at events will cheer anything you do. You can suck horribly, but the women will cheer the crap out of you. There you go. Uh, With all the actual good foreigners gone from all Japan for a while, Johnny Ace is getting the best of what's left giant push (laughs) to hopefully create a new star. Oh, God. That's effed up on so many levels. Uh, Hey, let's go. Yeah, I think push. Hey, Baba, uh, you're looking awfully vascular today. Uh, you mind if I polish your boots and maybe uh, oil up your pecs? Where's that Canadian Casanova? <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, according to uh, the newsletters during the time, uh, Giant Baba's wife thought that Johnny Ace was very good looking, so she liked to push him. Like, really? Was it the yeah, mullet that did it for you? Was it the gravelly voice? Was it the fact that he liked to oil your husband's packs? Like, what What did it for you? <laughs> <laughs> that second, that last part. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I I heard a woman the other day. Well, I didn't. I, I heard it through somebody else. A woman referred to, like, uh, talking about oils and whatever... And said, oh, I get the good stuff off of Amazon. Like, I didn't know that there was good and bad oils. Like, <laughs> you pay extra for it. You go through a, like, is it a special kind? And Johnny Ace is like, oh, I can tell you right now there's good ones and bad ones. Some of them make you break out. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> oh, man. New Japan will debut Tiger Mask 3 on March 1st for their big Yokohama show. It will be prelim boy Koji Kanemoto who gets the try and follow Mizawa and Sayama in in the role. Fun fact, the gimmick would have gone to Ultimo Dragon had he not gone to Super World of Sports. And I'm sure he was crying. Uh, Kanemoto was kind of miscast in the role, but of course became an unstoppable force of awesomeness a few years later as himself. Uh, I'm quoting other people there. I did not watch Japanese wrestling in the 90s, so I have no effing clue. How dare you? 
Uh, speaking of Super World of Sports, however, Ric Flair will make his SWS debut on April 18th, defending the WWF title against Tenru. Man, how hey, about Tenru. that? <laughs> the Tenru. Wasn't he at WCW for a while? Or make I various... That, I knew he was at WrestleMania 7, I can tell you that. Okay. I know he was at NWE. Okay. Uh, the NWA is still trying to plan out their world title tournament for spring or summer in Japan, maybe. Oh, man. The NWA in 1992. <laughs> they were uh, Not still as good as they are in 2023. Oh, well, now they mean something, Greg. They've got Tyrus as their uh, top guy. Yeah. <laughs> I, for the record, I don't know if he's still champion or whatever. I think the hell. he is. I just saw Matt Cardona make a post about them fighting for the title again. Oh well, yeah. If there's a a world title, you need to be pushing for Matt. It's definitely that one. <laughs> My God, yes, he is the champion. He won it back in uh, on November twelfth. So there you go. I didn't even know he lost it. Yeah. Either way, uh, the long dead LPWA returned to hold a pay-per-view and, act, and uh, it actually happened. Basically, the women's promotion hadn't even taped TV in 10 months, and this was out of nowhere, completely in jeopardy until the last minute with zero advertising. <laughs> Always a great way to run a pay-per-view. As a result, only 400 people even showed up at the arena in Rochester, <laughs> Minnesota. That I, which I didn't know was a real place. And they were all let in for free. <laughs> Throw in travel costs and pay-per-view fees. And this had to be an all-time disaster money loser. Uh, there were a bunch of no-shows, but given no one even knew the card ahead of time, it was impossible to be disappointed by them. Uh, Wendy Richter no-showed because they couldn't locate her in time to send a plane ticket. God dang it. She's probably she's probably in the other Rochester, the real one in New York, near her home. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, and Mag- Magnificent Mimi no-showed because they didn't want her there. <laughs> so is that really a no-show when they're like, yeah, don't come? Um, no. Yeah, it's like, I, th- I think that was just she was told don't show up and she, okay. <sighs> Whatever. Uh, this next story I included just because it was it, it's another like what the hell, but it's it's funny just because of who's in it. I wanted to mention him at least once. Uh, Barry Horowitz lost his GWF legendary Jewish wrestler. Exactly, lost his GWF light heavyweight title to Ben Jordan this week in a stipulation match where he had to beat Jordan twice in ten minutes to retain the title. He could only do it once and had to surrender the belt. Well, that's one more win than he got in his uh, WWF career. So there you go. Uh, final story I got here. This is the one. Saving it for the end. <laughs> An indie show at the Alpharetta, Georgia auction barn. Real place. Before a crowd of 70 people uh, who's, who will probably kick themselves when they realize what they saw and didn't even know it at the time, saw young Glenn Gilberti in only his fifth Hell match. Yeah. 
showing a lot of potential in a uh, performance, quote, very reminiscent of Paul Roma, end quote. How's that, how's that a, a good thing? <laughs> uh, frankly, I don't know if Disco or Paul Roma should be more insulted by that comparison. <laughs> Why is that the, like, of all things, like, Uncle Dave apparently watched this or got a report on it or whatever the F. And his first thought is, you know who he reminds me of? A young Paul Roma. Like, what the f***? <laughs> who thinks that? Yeah, who reminds me of a young Chuck Taylor? That's what we'll say today. Oh, God. <laughs> you remind me of sexy Chucky e. T. Oh, well, you can go f*** yourself. <laughs> well, that's who I was aiming for. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, well, thank God. I thought you were going to compare me to somebody who sucks, like, I don't know, Ric Flair. <laughs> if somebody compared me, like, if I was a wrestler and they were like, ah, you remind me of a young Chuck Taylor, I'd be like, and I retire. Right now, hanging it up. Like, it's, it's been a good career. Your words just killed me. Yeah. Like, well, now I'm contemplating suicide, but thank you. <sighs> Either way, that does it for that. Uh, I guess we should get into this event and talk about it. Oh, Although, I don't know. I, I mean, it's it's only going to go down after mentioning Paul Roma and Disco Inferno, so I don't even know why we should bother, but... <laughs> anyway, uh, let's take this next break. On the other end of this, we're going to get into WCW Super Brawl Dose right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump podcast. Ugh. Another wrestling podcast? How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on youtube find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks 
And we're back. We're back. It's time for WCW Super Brawl 2. Oh, well, now we get the crack. I forgot. Should, should your new nickname be the Kraken? No. <laughs> ah, come on. F the Kraken. <laughs> uh, uh, what, are you, what are you drinking today? Another non- Sparkling ice caffeine. Oh, okay. I was going to ask, is it going to be uh, some sparkling fruit drink, whatever, from the dollar store? It is from the dollar store. That's my heaven. Yeah. <laughs> you just walk in, you're like, oh, this reminds me of heaven. Look at that uh, toothless chick over there wearing the sweatpants. <laughs> what kind of dollar stores do you go to? Oh, well, you know, do- my dollar store is in the same block as my Walmart, and it's the same kind of people that shop at both, you know. Super white, usually wearing their PJs. There you go. But I see that picture in Texas, right? The one walking into the Starbucks and the, or the coffee shop with no shoes on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they just walk around like they own the place in Texas, dude. Like they're at wow. home. Yep. Well, there's a... Uh, there's an old joke by uh, Lewis Black where he talked about there was a, I think he said there was a Starbucks across the street from a Starbucks, and he was like, I've reached the end of the world. <laughs> it's like, it, like, isn't that just New York? I swear to God. Market, I, Street, I, Market Street in San Francisco has them everywhere, too. Yeah. Oddly enough, in Cincinnati, that's uh, Dunkin' Donuts. For the record, I, I don't like Dunkin' Donuts. Like, if they... Unless they want to sponsor us, I'm not going to push, like, talk about how great they are. I never like their coffee. It's, ugh. But anyway, getting getting into the actual wrestling here. Uh, it took place February 29th, 1992. The tagline, best friends, now bitter rivals, brawl for it all. Okay, then. It's uh, quite a thing to put on the VHS cover. The venue was the Mecca. On the in what Mil- cover? The Hus. <laughs> Look, if she doesn't know what a VHS is, she's probably dating Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the venue was the Mecca in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. The attendance was five thousand. Man, that's a that's a hell of a crowd for a big show, man. For this. Yeah. Uh, the buy rate was 0.96, which amounted to 160,000 buys. So the show starts with a play-up package before going to commentary with Tony Giovanni and Eric Bischoff. By the way, I thought this was a commentary team for the night. It was not. It was just the team to BS yeah, the, around. Uh, the hype team. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is the team to BS around before we get to commentary for more talking. Like, why are you there? But then you we just send said it. it. I guess so. But we then send it to Missy Hyatt in the back, who says that she's going to interview Alex Luger and Ricky Steamboat later on. Ooh, yay. Uh, after oh, we go... Yeah. Uh, after we go back to commentary for a moment... They send it to Jim Ross in the ring 
who introduces the newest color commentator to WCW, Jesse the Body Ventura. So Jesse rides to the ring on a motorcycle, and he he's actually like the one powering it like a real effing man. Not like the LOD who rode bitch a couple weeks ago, all right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I, I still don't get why that happened, but whatever. Either way, Jesse rides to the ring on a motorcycle while Pyro's going off or whatever. And he gets on the mic to put over WCW. What's funny is that Ventura tells Jim Ross that if he had a cowboy hat, he'd look just like J.R. Ewing from Dallas. And his initials, <laughs> yeah. his initials are even J.R. <laughs> well, I, that, that wouldn't go anywhere in the future. <laughs> it's funny to think maybe Jesse Ventura was the first one to ever bring this crap up. And then freaking Vince McMahon decided years later, God dang it, pal, you're going to be good old J.R. and wear a cowboy hat. And uh, for some reason, that insulted Jim Ross. So, God dang it, you're trying to make me into a cartoon now it's his character. Trademark. <laughs> yeah, trying to make me a cartoon character. Huh. That's Chris. Oh. I want to talk about college ball. God, that's the one thing I couldn't. That's one thing I couldn't stand about Jr. It's like I don't give a damn what college they went to or how many points they scored in the, you know, who gives a crap bowl. Like, shut the hell up, man. <laughs> but we get into this first match here. It is Jushin Thunder Liger defending the light heavyweight title. Yes, that was a thing in 92. Against Flying. Uh, you. <laughs> God. Uh, defending the title against Flying Brian Pillman. It went for 17 minutes. So this match is high octane from the opening bell. In the end, Flying Brian gets Liger in an O'Connor roll for the title win. Uncle Dave gives it four and three quarters of a star. Well, you know, it only had one Japanese guy in it, Greg, and it wasn't yeah. in the Tokyo Dome, so it shaves off a quarter of a star. Uh, I just gave it an even four. What say you? I gave it four as well. Probably my favorite match of the night. Oh, for sure. Uh, which, you know, this was around the time when it, WCW always had, like, really good opening matches on their pay-per-views. Not always. If you watched some of their stuff, it was like, ugh. But when it involved Brian Pillman or, oddly enough, uh, Johnny B. Bad or, you know, somebody like that, it was usually oh, pretty God. good. I'm already ahead on watching Johnny B. Bad. It gets fun. <laughs> yeah, right. Good Lord. Oddly enough, in 95, he pumps out some bangers in the opening matches. I, well, on Sensor 95, ain't one of them. Well, oh no, they're they're uh, that was a nightmare of a card, but we're getting ahead of yeah, ourselves. Yeah, every damn match was bad. <laughs> yep, uh, Johnny B. Bad's on that show, isn't he? He is. It's a boxer versus wrestler match. Yes, that just writes itself for greatness, huh? Yeah, right. <sighs> well, after hearing from Shivani and Bischoff again, we go to Missy Hyatt standing by with. The tailor-made man, Terry Taylor, dressed just like Ted DiBiase. Like, it looks like he stole DiBiase's outfit. <laughs> 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 uh, 
this was like, I'm like, oh, no, you're not a total ripoff or nothing. Like, no, not at all. He tells Marcus Alexander Bagwell that he taught him how to be a winner, and now he'll teach him how to be a loser. Well, you got all day for that, Terry. I'm sure you got tons of knowledge. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) Ah, that was a low blow. Anyway. Getting into this one, it's Marcus Alexander Bagwell, the future buff, taking on Terry Taylor in about seven and a half minutes. Some guy from Syracuse, New York, won a contest to be a special guest ring announcer for this match. Cool, I guess. Uh, Not Mike Rotunda? Right. There's other people from Syracuse? Yeah, right? I'm shocked. But... Bagwell sucked a high hard one in this match. Like he was just awful. He ended up getting Taylor in an O'Connor roll, and Taylor was apparently supposed to kick out, but he didn't. His referee Nick Patrick counted to three and declares Bagwell the winner. Uncle Dave gave it a star and a half. I gave it two stars, slightly below average. What say you? Deuce. It Let's gets the deuce because it was a deuce. Basically. Taylor tried. I'll give him that. He really tried. Bag like Bagwell was incredibly green right here. Like it's just awful. No wonder they put him in tags. But the match keeps going because that clearly wasn't supposed to be the finish. But Nick Patrick stops him and says, "Ah, it's over. Stop, stop running spots." Uh, but Terry Taylor gets angry and DDTs Bagwell before leaving. Remember when the DDT used to actually put guys down? Mm-hmm. Those were the days, right? Those days. I remember uh, one time on his podcast, JR was like, if I see one more person kick out of a DDT, I'm going to mess myself. <laughs> <laughs> and like, yet he uh, works at AEW. <laughs> right. People kick out of pile drivers like it's just, you know, whatever. Ugh. Well, last week, Mox kicked out of the pile dr- our tombstone in a buckshot ended up winning via choke can't make this up i don't know who needs to hear this but you don't have to kick out of everything like when you're moxley in dayton ohio yes you do if like to make it a a five-star classic even you don't have to hit every move known to man when you repeatedly you're chasing hit, that five star rating. When you repeatedly hit like your finishing moves over and over and over, it cheapens them. And like there was some match. Like I, I, I'm not as big of a hater of Kenny Omega and hit the V trigger, but there was one particular match where he took on Shima, and it was nothing but V triggers and Shima hitting the uh Meteora knees, like all effing match. I'm like mother of God. Like if I see another knee, I'm gonna crap a brick. The only knee I want to see is the booty man's high knee. <laughs> well, that'll put you down for good. <laughs> Ugh, man, how apropos the the high knee <laughs> because uh, uh, that move was ass. And so was Ed Leslie. Anyway, we go backstage again with Missy Hyatt. She's outside of Lex Luger's dressing room when Harley Race walks up. 
He says that Lex is in the best shape of his life, and he's going to walk out of the show still the WCW World Champion. Sure. And now we go to this. It's Cactus Jack, no longer Cactus Jack Manson, taking on oh, Ron, man. taking on Ron Simmons in six and a half minutes. Uh, they show the junkyard dog is in the crowd watching. And at first they thought he was in a tuxedo. Well, kind of. <laughs> he, he's in a tuxedo like jacket and shirt wearing jeans. <laughs> like, so did you only, did you get well, a discount if you, I was like, did you get a discount if you only rented half of it? <laughs> uh, or maybe he was uh, in catering and he spilled something on his pants. <sighs> but this match goes all over the floor, ramp and ring. They beat the hell out of each other. Uh, you know. In the, in the end, Cactus leaps off the middle rope, gets caught, and power slammed by Ron Simmons, who pins Jack to win. Uncle Dave gave it two and a half stars. I gave it a star and a half. This was not good. Let's say you. One. Not good. Suck. Bad. And these are two, like, capable wrestlers, too. I just, like, I don't know. I, I did not like this at all. But Cactus, it's about to get worse, by the way. Cactus Jack attacks yeah, Ron Simmons. Yeah, as if after. he could. <laughs> uh, Jack attacks Ron Simmons after the match as Abdullah the Butcher walks to the Hell ring. Yes. WWE Hall of Famer Abdullah the Butcher, I gotta add. He's carrying some kind of staff. I don't know what the hell it is. Abdullah to walk stick. Uh, Abdullah beats up Ron Simmons with the staff as Junkyard Dog comes down out of the crowd now and gets in the ring to clean house. The crowd still chants for JYD in 1992. So cool. We got two good wrestlers who seem to be a mismatch. And as their partners, they get a fat guy who can only stab people with a fork and an over-the-hill, like, Former legend. God, what do you mean former thanks. legend. Well, okay, an over the, an over the hill legend who uh, has clearly been hitting the buffet rather than the gym. It's not going to get better, people. Either way, so for some reason, we have to get more comments from Eric Bischoff, Tony Schiavone before we get back to the ring, because you know we give a damn. Then, wow, the, I think we spoke too soon, Greg. This is match of the night right here. It's oh, yeah. Vinny <laughs> Vegas and Richard Morton taking on <laughs> Van Hammer and the Z-Man. Dude, Nash's body language in this is just like, what the hell, dude? He went too over the top of this. <laughs> he also looked multiple times like, why do I have to sell for Van Hammer? Like, I don't know. Maybe that was just me, but it just seemed like, man, I got to make this look somewhat believable. It's funny. We were talking last week about that Greg, the Hammer Valentine run as the rhythm and blues. I think that was mm-hmm. Nash right here. I think what that was Nash throughout. I think that was Nash throughout his entire WCW run. Yeah. Like everything. 
Nash, uh, when he was, he talked about when he was Oz, he like, he gets pitched this by, uh, uh, Dusty Rhodes. He's like, you're going to be, uh, you'll be Oz and you're going to be with the wizard and whatever. And he's like, you know, Oz is not a name. It's like a, it's a geographic location. Like it's, it's a place on a map. Like, why is my name Oz? And, and Dusty's like, but that's going to be your name, baby. All right, get out there. <laughs> like, the- good Lord. <laughs> Did you hear, by the way, that he said he, for free of charge, because uh, Conrad is a collector, he said he gave Conrad his, his Oz robe. And next thing he knows, he sees uh, Conrad selling it online. I want a piece of crap. Yeah, that's effed up, dude. Like, damn. Like, if it, I'll say this if it was for charity, I like that's I, I think that's totally cool. Like if you're hey, hocking hey, it for a charity, Conrad, ha ha ha. <laughs> yeah, right. But if if somebody's like, hey man, I know you're a collector. Here's you know a piece of my memorabilia for free. Oh, thanks, dude. Uh, how much do you think I can get for this online? That's like those a holes that run up to wrestlers in a uh, in public with like a handful of toys. Oh, can you autograph these five toys for me? Because you know I'm going to turn around and sell them on eBay. Man, but yeah, Matt Cardona anyway. says that happens all the time. He got sick of it. Yeah, no, I've I've heard of multiple wrestlers. They're like, if you come up to me with a toy, all right, I whatever. But if you come up to me with like a handful of them, like get effed, like get out of here. Like, I don't blame them. <laughs> get effed. <effed. laughs> well, they know what they're doing. Like you know, they're not idiots. So it's like, yeah, I do the same thing. It's like I'm not signing all these toys so you can go make money off of my name like no thanks but anyway in this uh in this week's edition of troy states the obvious van hammer sucks how dare you not that the son of a (laughs) not that the z-man was kurt angle or rick flair or anything but why the hell was no he was all clear that we discussed this thank god but why the hell was Van Hammer getting so much in ring time here? Why? Because, like Daniel Garcia, he has pictures. I, I guess so. Oh, he's here to save the company, Greg. From uh, Jesse Ventura actually has a logical explanation for as as to why Vinny Vegas wrestles in slacks, a button-up shirt, and suspenders saying that Vegas is used to bouncing and is more comfortable fighting in that attire. I could buy that. Because uh, JR you know, if is he like, could, at least there's an explanation. Yeah, right. Because Jim Ross is like blowing the doors off this. Like, quick and logical with it, Jim. Because he's like, well, there's some unconventional uh, in-ring attire. How can he wrestle like that? It's like, shut the F up. That's how. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but Ventura also points out that Van Hammer looks more like D. Snyder from Twisted Sister, and I never saw it before, but now I can't <laughs> <Wow>. unsee it. <laughs> he Tell does. me he's wrong. Yeah. He <laughs> if if nobody gets it, like, look at him in the face. Like, seriously, like, look at his face. He looks just like D. Snyder. Hair and everything. But... In the end, as you can tell, this match blew because I'm not really talking about the match. 
In the end, after some back and forth, the Z-Man gets a sunset flip out of the corner on Richard Morton for the win. Uh, Uncle Dave gave this negative half a star. Uh, I gave it a star and a half because, like, Vegas and Morton and Z-Man, they they tried. Like, God bless them. But, (sighs) look, you can only, like, tape up that hole in the Titanic for so long, man. Uh, what do you give it? All star. Now that I look Sorry. at it, by the way, he almost looks like Kenny Omega cosplaying as D Snyder. My God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We add a couple more inches to Kenny Omega. Yeah. They could be related. It's that effing hair, man. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> But we now get a recap video of where Arn Anderson and Larry Zabisco slammed Barry Windham's right arm in a car door, breaking his hand, apparently. Uh, and so now, because of that, they call Larry Zabisco the cruncher. And God dang, do they put that over in this match? They just pound it home like Michael Cole about five years ago with anybody's nickname. The one I remember off, just off the top of my head with Michael Cole is you remember when they were trying to call Ryback Big Hungry? Yeah. And, and he said it about 5,000 times for a five-minute match. <laughs> I'm like, we get it. He's big. He's hungry. He sucks. All right? <laughs> wow. That sounds like a great intro. He's big. He's hungry. He sucks. <laughs> it's Ryback. Oh, man. Uh, but anyway, uh, he, and according to Twitter, he should also retire. <laughs> uh, I'll never, ever forget him putting up a poll asking, where should I go next? And I should retire was one of the choices. And it blew away all the other choices. And then he posted it again. and was like, well, now that the bots are all cleared out, let's try this again. And yet again, I should retire blew away the other choices. <laughs> Why does he think uh, if they are a boss, they're just going to go away? It's not how it works, I, dude. Yeah, I'm like, Ask Tony Khan, he'll so, tell you. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Ugh, that's a Everybody loves AEW. It's just the boss that hated. No, well, yeah. Just ask anybody who gets anything negative ever on social media. It's just bots, man. Anyway, uh, this match That's why I think is... our podcast is the one in the world. The boss just put it down. Exactly. But uh, this one is Larry Zabisco and stunning Steve Austin. The Cruncher. Uh, Yes. Uh, Ponytail and all for Steve Austin. He's got Medusa in his corner. They're taking on. I'm getting this figure soon. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) I still remember I was watching when Netflix used to do DVDs. uh, I was watching an old WCW show and my mom was walking through the, the living room and heard Steve Austin. And she's like. Oh, Steve Austin was on this? She, she's like, which one is he? And I pointed him out. She's like, one with the ponytail? He's like, what the hell is he wearing? <laughs> was he wearing the yeah. rainbow trucks at the time? It was, uh, yeah, it was like the ones that look like paint splatter, whatever the F, all of it. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, wow, uh, that's different. I'm like, yes. Yes, it was. Cut, when we cut his short hair off, we cut his long hair off, made like the pumpkin pie short haircut. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. But they're taking on Barry Windham and Dustin Rhodes. This went about 18 and a half minutes. 
WCW production is awesome. They put the next team's Chiron up on the screen during the first team's entrance. (laughs) (laughs) So Ventura mentions that you can tell Medusa's been hitting the gym because her chest looks great. (laughs) Yeah. Mother of God. Uh, On commentary, Ventura tells Ross that when football players leave Oklahoma University to go to the NFL, they take a pay cut. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that's after. Jim Ross says that being from Minnesota, Ventura knows about pro ball, but college ball wouldn't be his forte. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, them golden gophers aren't exactly known as, uh, you know, big time uh, you know, he knows about Pro Bowl, so all his team losing the Super Bowl every time they played in it. Yeah, right. Hey, Jesse, what's the difference? What's the big difference between Cheerios and the Vikings? Cheerios belong in a bowl. <laughs> <laughs> but Medusa slaps Dustin at one point. He goes after her, and Austin attacks him from behind. In the end, Wyndham comes off the top with a flying clothesline to Larry Zabisco for the pinfall win. Kind of a random finish, but Uncle Dave give it three and three quarters of a star. I give it three. Let's say you. I gave it. Let's see here. What did I give it? Three. Yeah. <laughs> Lost my notes. Yeah. yeah, you and I were about on the same page with that one. It, uh, it was a pretty good match. It wasn't match. that bad. I, yeah, I, I thought it was a pretty good match. Uh, I like all four of these guys. So there you go. But. This is where we get into what I'm sure is your favorite part of the night and uh, not so much mine. We go to Tony Schiavone and Eric Bischoff to play up the next match. Eric's wearing a crap-covered jacket and that he fished out of the trash. Or a Michigan Letterman jacket, whatever. You can uh, shut the hell up. Uh, and he's talking about how much he loves the Steiner Brothers. It has nothing to do with the fact that he's from Michigan. This is when I start to not like Easy E so much. I just uh, like, look, Eric, just when I'm starting to defend you, you just uh, you you do something and ruin it. Well, it's not like Cody Wyoming has a team. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's why he likes it, because there's it's not big enough to have a team. There's like 10 people and a goat. But that'd be my dream to live somewhere like that. Yeah, I wouldn't mind it too much, although at the same time, I'm like, I'm back and forth on it. Because on one hand, I'm like, I want to live a place where, you know, there's my my closest neighbor is like a mile down the road. On the other hand, I don't want to drive an hour to get to Walmart. So I'm like, which do I prefer more? <laughs> eh, I could always order things to my house, I suppose. But we now go backstage Again, to Missy Hyatt saying that she's going to interview Ricky Steamboat. She runs into someone named the Ninja. Opens up. <laughs> like for real. Yeah, just just the ninja. And he doesn't actually say anything. He just makes like stereotypical, like kind of racist Japanese noises. Like like what the f dude like this is this would not fly in 2023 unless he's actually saying something in japanese 
Yeah, even even then, it's like I have a feeling somebody would get butt hurt by it somewhere along the line. <laughs> but he opens up Steamboat's dressing room door, and we see Ricky Steamboat lighting something on fire. What looks like a weird ceremony of some kind. I I don't know. But the ninja quickly rushes Missy away. Medusa comes by, and Missy asks for an interview. Medusa hits on the ninja, trying to get an interview with Ricky Steamboat. Uh, but the ninja keeps telling her to go. When he won't let her pass, she slaps him, and the ninja chases her down the hallway. Medusa couldn't do an interview. She was heading to Peck Day. <laughs> wow. Uh... You want to hit the gym with me? And we'll, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's chest day. <sighs> anyway. Up next is the dangerous alliance of Arn Anderson and beautiful Bobby defending the WCW World Tag Team titles against the Steiner brothers, Rick and Scott Steiner. Paulie uh, dangerously is in the dangerous alliance's corner. Uh, this goes about 20 minutes, six seconds. So before the match, it's announced that Paulie is banned from ringside. Paulie throws a fit, and then referees escort him to the back. Medusa now takes his place. Uh, I wasn't really into this one. It seemed to go on for like two years. And Way it never too really long. Seemed... That's one of my notes. Yes. Yeah. It just and it never really seemed to click for me. And I like all these guys. It's going through In the, the motions. End, Pretty much. In the end, the ref gets distracted by Anderson, or excuse me, he gets distracted and Anderson powders Rick in the eyes. He blinded Rick Steiner, then slams the referee. A new one comes out, and Scotty hits the Frankensteiner on Bobby to win, supposedly. Uh, Uncle Dave gave this three and a quarter stars. I gave it two and a half for average. What say you? I gave it two. I started getting a little bored. Yeah, I was like, huh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, after the match, Nick Patrick comes out to speak t- uh, to both referees. With that mullet. <laughs> hell yeah. Uh, the first one decided that since Rick slammed him, the Steiners are disqualified. Therefore, the Dangerous Alliance keeps the titles, and we get a dusty finish. Some BS. Yeah. So there you go. But now we get a commercial for Wrestle War 92. Then commentary discusses what just happened before sending it back to Missy Hyatt. She shows the ninja knocking on Steamboat's door and Ricky Steamboat comes out and walks to the ring. And now we get. And this is when we find out Ricky Steamboat is not the ninja. Yeah, right. (laughs) Wow. Uh, but now we get Ravishing Rick Rude. Def- uh, he's defending the WCW United States Heavyweight title against Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, who has the ninja in his corner. This goes for about 20 minutes. It's got, After- it's got Halloween pants and written all over this. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, after a pretty good match, in the end, Ricky goes up to the top. And the ninja pulls out a brick of a cell phone and blasts Steamboat in the head. I wonder who this could be. <laughs> uh, this leads to Rick Rude getting the pin to retain the U.S. title. 
Uncle Dave gave it two and three quarters of a star. Oh, God, I just gave it three. Let's say you. I gave it two. Yeah, two. I liked it. I like both these guys. I, I thought it was pretty decent, but eh, I don't know. It, I will say this. It was long. Uh, Tony Schiavone. Long. Yeah, that could definitely be argued. Tony Schiavone and Eric Bischoff speculate for a moment before sending it back to Missy Hyatt. Hyatt opens up the dressing room door of the Dangerous Alliance, and we see Polly dangerously in a ninja outfit with the mask off. The Dangerous Alliance freaks out and closes the door as Missy Hyatt freaks the hell out like she just found the body of Jimmy Hoffa or something. <laughs> like she's like, oh my god, it's as Polly dangerously was the ninja. Who could have foreseen? Like, um, anybody who's ever watched your show ever. Like, like god dang, dude. Like, she didn't need to be like, oh, there he is. But at the same time, it's like, duh. <laughs> yeah. Further proof, by the way, that she doesn't actually watch the matches that were going on in the ring. <laughs> yeah, right. We now go to uh, Jim Ross and Jesse Ventura for about five effing minutes while they talk about the main event. Now, it's time. Take our next break. When we come back from this, we're going to dive into the main event at hand right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah for the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go way back, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well... What are we doing? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also, check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O... K-A-S-T. Hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Brocast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. It is main event time as Lex Luger with Harley Race in his corner defends the WCW World's Heavyweight title against Sting. This one goes 13 minutes, two seconds. Jesse Ventura proves that he does not pay attention to the WCW product because he asked if Paulie was banned from from the ring again. And... (laughs) To which JR says, well, uh, Luger has Harley Race's manager, not Paul E. He's like, oh, well, uh, you know, I'm just checking. Like, God. 
<sighs> but <Perishing. laughs> Sting gets Luger in the torture rack early, but uh, Luger's too heavy to keep up. Later on, Luger gets in a low or hits a low blow behind the ref's back, and then hits a pile driver. He's too cocky on the cover, and Sting kicks out. Outside of the ring, Harley tries to pile drive Sting, but Sting back body drops him. Sting then rushes to the top and hits a flying crossbody to pin Lex Luger and win the title. Uh, odd finish, but cool. Uncle Dave gave it a star and a half. I gave it two and a half for average. What say you? I gave it three. Pretty good match. I always like when these guys wrestled. And it was a lot of action. Wasn't a whole lot of slow stalling or anything like that. So, I don't know. And you and I are bigger fans of Luger than most. So, but the crowd goes nuts for Sting's victory as he celebrates with the world title. He goes up onto the stage as all the pyro blows. And WCW rolls of credits. Hey, you think it was Cody Rhodes or something? (laughs) Yeah, right. This was Cody Rhodes slash Kevin Nash coming out before the finger poke of doom level. (laughs) Nobody knows what I'm talking about. Everybody needs to go watch Kevin Nash's entrance on the finger poke of doom show. He gets so much pyro. Even he looks back like, whoa, (laughs) it's funny. But, man, this show was aggressively mediocre. Like, I don't know how else to say it. But we're going to take our next break. Uh, break. You you paid for this? (laughs) Yeah, right. But we're going to take our last break of the podcast. On the other end of this, I suppose we'll hit you with the final ratings and tell you what's coming up in the future of the podcast. It might not get better. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday Drop-In, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. 
Main Event Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. Final ratings here. Uh, I'm right in line with uh, everybody else this week, oddly enough. Internet Movie Database gave it 7.1 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it a 7 out of 10. I, too, gave it a 7 out of 10 for, I don't know, C, C minus. What say you? D, it passed. <laughs> wow. Gave it a D. How about that? Yeah, it was not good. Gave this show the D. How about that? <laughs> I felt like this show gave me the D watching it. Oh, mother of God. <laughs> Ah, yeah, this is, uh, this was something. I mean, it it wasn't like the worst thing I ever seen, but I was like, man, this was a, uh, this was a pay-per-view for you people. How about that? But that does it for the, our first of two shows this week. We got another show coming at you. This was, uh, this next show was nine years later, actually. And right before. Nine times better. It was right before the death of WCW, but it was for WWF. It was Monday Night Raw is War from February 5th, 2001. This was the final Raw before the Georgia or from the Georgia Dome. And it was a couple of months before WrestleMania 17 and the death of WCW and ECW and all that good stuff. So. Tons and tons of news to cover about that. Uh, none of it good, obviously, but, well, I guess it depends on, uh, you know, your perspective. If you're a WWF fan, it was fine. If you're a WCW or ECW fan, this was uh, pure death. So, either way, that is coming up this Friday. Next week, however, we're closing out the month with a show I have not watched yet, so I don't know if it's good, bad, or indifferent. It's TNA Against All Odds 2012. I don't know why I picked this one, but there you have it. Uh, I'll have oh, to go back. And... Oh, is it? <laughs> well, then, uh, you're you're just uh, you know making me want to dive into it even more, man. <laughs> I'm excited for that one. But the main event is a fatal four-way for the TNA title. It's Bobby Roode. Uh, Jeff Hardy, James Storm, and Bully Ray. Oh, man. I Now I'm scared to, to watch it when you say that. But uh, I'll check it out. But Marge, I just finished hit- Uncensored 95, okay? So that's on you, too. <laughs> right, hey, right after you watch, oh, it's against all odds, and then we got WrestleMania 9 rolling into March. I mean, that was a good <sighs> watch, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Followed by Uncensored 95. I mean, we're just bringing the heavy hitters, man. <laughs> hey, at least we're bringing WrestleMania there 19. Fi- there is a five-star pay-per-view in there. Yeah, yeah WrestleMania 19 is coming. And then we got uh, Lockdown 2013. I don't know if that's a good show or not. I haven't watched watch that back yet. Lockdown's usually good, but 2013 was hit or miss with TNA. Uh, I think that might have been the last year I gave a damn about anything in TNA. Uh, maybe 2014 was a 
is around that time. Speak for yourself. I still love TNA. Oh, you mean Good Impact God. Wrestling? Yes. Uh, March. Uh, this is actually what we were just talking about. The March bonus is the uh, WCW New Japan Super Show. So it was historic. Uh, I don't know if it was any good or not. I want to go back and watch. And they were closing out the month with the WrestleMania that we were both at. It's WrestleMania 34. The only WrestleMania I've ever attended. It was in uh, uh, New Orleans, Louisiana. The only time I've ever been in New Orleans. So that was, uh, it was a cool experience uh, all the way around. So either way, that is uh, coming up on the podcast. Some good, some bad, but we'll make it all fun. Uh, should I apologize to you in advance, Greg? Or, <laughs> uh, but either way, thank you for joining me today. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we'll we'll see you all next week for Against All Odds 2012, and this Friday for Raw from February 5th, 2001.